Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Foundation by Story Archives. I am your host, Mario Busto, alongside the other host, Zachary Newton. Welcome back. We're back covering Season 2, Episode 9, titled Long Ago, Not Far Away. And it's our second-to-last episode for Season 2, and it feels like Season 2 has just flown by, Zach. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I was uh, I sent you a text message, actually, after I watched this. I'm like, I can't believe there's only one episode left. Uh, and it kind of makes me wonder how they're going to pull it together. I'm, I'm a little nervous to see if they can pull it off and, and keep this very interesting and give me a good hook to want to watch season three uh, without doing something gimmicky like, uh, I don't know, jumping into the future 120 years or something like that. <laughs> I don't, I really don't know what to expect here because this show is not about a major payoff. In my opinion, it seems like even though they're giving us these major payoff moments, I don't know when, what's going to happen in the finale. I can't imagine the finale being more of a thrill ride than this episode was. To me, the finale is just going to push all of the storylines forward the way you would see in, in major world building shows like mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. Like the finale would be pushing forward all of the major characters and, and setting up the chess pieces for the following season. But with the writer strike and the actor strike, I don't think we're going to see Foundation if it gets cleared for season three. I don't even know if it's been greenlit for season three yet. Um, because usually you hear about that. Silo was greenlit mm-hmm. for season two within the first few weeks uh, or the first couple of weeks um, on Apple TV. Yeah. I don't know if Foundation gets cleared for season three, but if it does, I don't imagine we'll get it in 24. I think we'll get it in 2025 probably. That would be my guess as well. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to start d- doing any filming anytime soon. I haven't heard anything about it, you know, being greenlit for season three either. So, um, though I, have, I haven't done a ton of digging for it. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, I, th- I think to your point, like the uh, the next episode, I don't, I, I think you're right. Like, I don't think we're going to have any, you know, big thrills like we did in this where there's like a, you know, large battle. Like I think the the largest battle we're going to have seen was from season one uh, so far. I don't, I don't think there's going to be much next episode because there's, there's no more Terminus. There, there's rumors that season three is already in production. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how old that article is. Um, you know, it, it's, it's to be determined. I wish Apple would actually put their numbers out there so we could see, but no, no streamers really put their numbers out there unless, unless they're patting themselves on the back and saying like, when Squid Game came out on Netflix and they said this was the this was the most watched show in mm-hmm. Netflix history. And it yeah. broke it as an international show. So pretty interesting. Uh a lot goes on in this episode. We have and the way we're gonna do this episode as usual, we're gonna do our episode recap as we break things down and we'll also be doing some end of season bets, some finale bets to round us out. For this season, because this season has been very difficult to predict the, the directions it, it was heading in the different directions. Uh, a lot of the main characters you don't really meet until like the first couple of episodes anyway. So it's like, um, what's going to happen next? But mm-hmm. all right, let's get into it. There's a lot that goes on in this episode. We get a lot of Demerzel. We get we get the answers to Demerzel that I wasn't expecting we were going to get all in one shot like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do think there's more to the story, so to speak. But we get like this origin story for Cleon the First and Demerzel and their connection to each other and how she came to the family. And um, we'll, we'll get into all of that, but we, we don't only cover her. We cover um, Cleon the 16th, which is Dusk and Rue and what may happen to them, mm-hmm. Salvor and the Tellum, 
uh, situation going on on Ignis is is (laughs) resolved. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Terminus has its reckoning, so to speak. And I didn't think it was going to occur this quickly. It did seem a little bit too quick, in my opinion. But I was, hey, I didn't want to be right. But I guess I was right because everyone was talking to me and saying, oh, Foundation has a chance. Have you seen their fleet? Have you seen their fleet? <laughs> oh, they, they can defend themselves. My ass, they got ripped in half, like within yeah. 30 minutes. It was all show, right? Like there was there was no substance there. I, I would have loved to have seen maybe like we, we saw the beginning of a battle in, in this Good. Uh, in this episode and then we get to, to in the final episode and, you know, it's like this all out war and it ends and Terminus just being so, engulfed in a black hole or something, but... It, ha- it did happen really quickly. Look, and how about the captain of the Invictus? That's like the your crown jewel for your fleet, right? That's supposed to fight. Yeah. That captain had never had a battle. And that yeah. chick next to him, she looked like a coward. Did you see her face during that battle? She offered nothing. No input, no. Meanwhile, Glaywin's in his fighter ship. He's pretty much dissecting what these ships are immediately. He's like, there's not two people in there. That's organic brain matter mm-hmm. in the back. And they're like, just destroy that and you can destroy the ships. So he pretty much unravels the entire Invictus plan in two seconds. Yeah, he does. Now, I mean, we they did have some guesses as to what it was. There was like a brain in the ship when they were, you know, when they found out about the Whisper ships and all of that earlier on. So it Lots seemed of, like uh, a reasonable jump to make for him. But, you know, to the whole point of this episode title kind of sounding like what you hear when you watch a Star Wars movie, um, I, I found it very annoying that it took two shots from Glaywin to bring down this massive, massive yeah, ship. I, like, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, maybe that was part of the the title being a throwback to Star Wars in <laughs> yeah. a way. And we know Star Wars is based on this, but nonetheless, uh, we get a lot of trailer stuff in this episode. For example, the little boy that you see in the trailer, I thought was going to be the child of Cleon and Sereth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it turns out that it's actually Cleon the first, and uh, which throws everything into a whirl. And it, it does make me wonder what's going to happen now because we pretty much know Sarath has Don's baby. We're pretty much in confirmation of this information. Yeah, I think that's uh, guaranteed. Yeah, it would be interesting if Sarath gets sent back to her planet, and that baby's born and is the one true emperor. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know, you get like a one true emperor, like the the last true emperor bl- uh, yeah. bloodline type uh, story. Yeah. Uh, and the uniqueness about him would be that him and Demerzel would have, like, let's say the Cleons are wiped out, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say Demerzel comes back home and just kills all the Cleons and she takes the throne or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and you have this baby and this baby's the last Cleon. You know, he's like the last hope of the universe. And so, the uniqueness of him and Demerzel would be that. In this episode, we find out that Demerzel's special, according to her, because she's like the devil in this episode to me, uh, <laughs> just kind of like saying what she needs to to get freed from this horrific prison she's in. Um, but she has the uniqueness of being able to create more robots like her from inside of her or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's what she says. Cleon would be the last one who you could create the genetic dynasty from if they go that route, which would be really cool. Or perhaps Sarath and Don's child is the mule. You know, hmm. who knows? Who knows? Yeah, we don't. I don't. I don't know. I haven't seen you know anybody that I, I feel like resembled the mule in any way. So I'm just like, eh, I don't. I don't know if that'll be 
that'll be who it is. But now th- th- this whole bit with uh, with Demerzel in this prison was was very interesting. You know, I, I'm kind of curious to know how just you know dividing her into different layers, like uh, the stack of pancakes, keeps her locked here. But yeah, um, yeah. I, I think your your assessment is right. She she's definitely lying to try and get out of this prison. Um, and you know, I think that her motives today, I don't know that she cares to take over empire. I think she wants to free herself from empire. And so, um, you she know, wants I, to be truly free. Yeah. And there's this moment here. Cause we, as we see Cleon, the first discovers it as a child, almost on accident, right? He's counting by the way. Mm-hmm. Notice that he's counting. Mm-hmm. Now he's not counting primes, but I wonder if there was supposed to be some connection made there with Gail and how she counts primes. Right, there's a lot of counting psychohistory math in this show. Yeah, so it's interesting that he finds her while counting. Um, Demerzel's been imprisoned here by Emperor Albinaris or something like that. I think. I that, can we? Can you look that up? The name of the emperor who imprisoned Demerzel. Mm-hmm. Um, he imprisoned her here, and he was a wicked man, according to her. And he was doing experiments on her. Lord knows what he was doing with Demerzel, but he creates this prison for her. And my question really is, and I think this is where we leave the story, because we know she's over 18,000 years old, according to her. She used to lead robot armies and battalions, and she lost a famous battle. So, I think the famous battle is a seed being planted by David Goyer and whoever wrote this episode for a potential prequel episode. And interrupt me at any time to give me the name, but yeah. um, in, this, in this bit with Demerzel, why would they keep her alive if she was such a massive threat? Is it just, you know, a sick joke? Is it a power trip? Is it similar to the day we see in this episode, how he's smiling after the destruction of a planet? Is it just the sheer power of being able to do something like that, that, you know, they would do it? But I would have a feeling that there's some deep secret here and there's a deeper reason as to why she's imprisoned like this. Because if you're imprisoned like this in a, in a pre-lit room, you would imagine that she was meant to be discovered at some point. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it almost seems like he was or she was uh, that that emperor's plaything, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, just well, experimenting. She's with Cleon's. Which we found out, and she's Cleon's plaything because he essentially does the same thing as that emperor does, right? Yeah. He frees her, and then he puts like a little device in her back that binds her to empire, which d- frees her from her prison cell, but imprisons her to this genetic dynasty. Yeah. Yeah, for the life of me, I cannot find or, or recall the name of the emperor back in the day. I, the, the various and numerous names of all of these emperors are not easy to remember. Mm-mm. No. Depends what you Google search um, to. I mean, it's a brand new episode, so. Yeah. We get the bit from Dusk, and this is the reason I kind of call... Demerzel the devil in this episode. She's using her seduction. She's using her womanly charms to make her stories more explicit because she bonds with Cleon through stories, right? Mm -hmm. And her stories usually start with long ago, not far away. But her stories become more explicit as he gets older. Why? To draw him in. Really, it's really just for freedom. And they even say when she gets finally free, when Dusk releases her from the prison, right? That she had like five seconds that she could have snapped his neck if if she wanted to. So, she chose to trust him in that moment when we know that she could have killed him. Yeah. 
uh, and by trusting him, he imprisoned her. So she regretted it immediately. Mm-hmm. Like you could tell she wanted to kill him after he did what he did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I w- so, I'd, I'd want to as well. <laughs> so only really, the only question left is, do those feelings remain? Because it would be in her interest. The only way to get free for her would be for the end of the Cleons. If the Cleons all die, she's free. That would be the end of it. Yeah, and that kind of, you know, takes me back to the question that I was asking, um, you know, towards the end of season one, which is now that the genetic dynasty, I think, as, as at least as I see it, has been corrupted, is it still empire? You know, being, being Cleon. <laughs> Obviously enough, but per- yeah. maybe there's a direct correlation between her bond and her bound, like uh, coding of having to protect empire in the same relation as the genetic sample gets weaker and weaker and weaker. Maybe her, her connection to it gets weaker and weaker as well. Uh, for the first time we see her insult uh, emperor empire to his face in this episode. Uh, and she even says the only reason I got physical with you was so that I could influence your decisions and th- things have gone wrong. So it does leave in question to me. I think Day's the most isolated he's ever going to be now personally. Um, He's seeking to be an outlier, but according to Harry, he is not. And it's just a matter of what's going to happen. What plans does Demerzel have for him? Because for her to leave his side is essentially her saying something, um, like to me, it's almost like maybe she's going to end him because he's not good for the emperor. But she said she's being called home, which means that she has a connection to something back home, which makes me wonder if she has a connection to this room. Hmm. And she's being called home to that. Because it threw me off. It almost reminded me of what the Spacers did earlier in the season, like a couple episodes ago, where they're able to communicate across the galaxy with different Spacers, right? Yeah. And I I don't think it's a far stretch to assume that Demerzel, this AI computer, has, you know, some, I don't know, sensors or something that, that she's connected to. And she can kind of just have an ear to the ground everywhere. By the way, I think I finally found the, the name. It was Emperor... Aberanus. Aberanus. Okay. I knew yes. it wasn't Albanaris. Aberanus. So, I mean, the jury's still out. Uh, Demerzel could be the robot who started the robot wars. We never know. It, I mean, to make her the centerpiece of this, in, this prison, mm-hmm. she would probably have to be the most famous robot, you know? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. We're like in this era of all this robot AI fiction going on right now. A lot of people are scared of AI. A lot of people... The implications on society are pretty clear. It's going to affect everybody in some way. And really, the only question is, how far do we as a society, as a human race, allow AI to be integrated into society? Because we've never stopped. If it means like uh, innovation and progress, humans have never stopped. And so, the next natural thing is true integration of AI and where the hell that takes us in the future. You know? Yeah, yeah, and I, I mentioned in the in the instant reaction. I mean, look at like the Neuralink devices where you're you're able to kind of, uh, you know, connect your your brain to a computer system, and you know, you're you're changing the game really because you don't have the the types of limitations. Theoretically, you wouldn't have the types of limitations of input output that you typically would have, where you have to hear something, see something, say something, or type something. Yeah, all you'd have to do is think something. Um, that's that's both impressive and it's pretty effing terrifying. Yeah. We find out that the genetic dynasty is really, um, it's a marriage, it's a proposal, it's a marriage gift. 
it's like the dowry, so to speak, right? <laughs> it's, I can't, you can't give me children. You can't give me an heir. So, here are your heirs. These are your children. So, the genetic dynasty is, are her children. Mm-hmm. It's, this, is a, this is direct from their marriage, pretty much. This is his new vision for marriage. And in a weird, twisted way, it's kind of peace between robots and humans, despite the fact that he didn't give her a free choice. Because there's a potential that she might have said yes without the thing. Because she remember, she could have twisted his neck. She could have twisted his neck. Maybe it was just a momentary lapse in judgment. Well, she also says earlier to him, you can put me next to the throne. Remember? She says, as your advisor, you could put me there. If you so choose, you could put me next to you on the throne. So, she doesn't seem opposed to being his advisor. He could do whatever he wants in some, you know, authoritarian way and buck all tradition if he wanted to. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So, pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. And he ends up doing that. He doesn't take a wife. He doesn't give a natural heir. So, he does end up doing that in some sense. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just, I realized something to go back to my previous point of, you know, the, the bloodline being corrupted. Um, and maybe that's been enough to change Demerzel. Um, we know as of this episode, one of the rules that were placed into her by Cleon the first was the, uh, inability to harm his bloodline, to harm him in any way. And she snaps when the yeah. when the dynasty or, or when when the genetic code was became corrupt and as she learned of it, she was able to snap Don's neck. So I think that means that at any point she could kill any one of these Don Day and Dusk. I think there might be something else in the code though, because she Demerzel has to know about this. She knows about this room. Not has to know. She knows about this room. One hundred percent. So she can visit Cleon the first whenever she wants. To serve empire, if Don is not remembered, you can always spur another one up. Yeah. It's healthier just to kill Don or Day if they're not in the best favor. She's controlling the empire and the dynasty at this point. Mm -hmm. So, if she sees them as an outlier that is potentially putting the rest of the dynasty at risk, then she probably, part of her code probably allows her to harm them in some way. But to your point of whether the genetic sample being weaker is making that the case, um, it's possible. I think it plays a role in there, you know? I think it's clear, like, well, it's not super clear because she says that she got physical with him to control and help steer him in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So, if it was really in her best interest to steer him away and to destroy the empire, she would double down on all these things. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think she's still somehow, it's not like, it's not black or white. She's kind of in the middle. She wants to be free, but at the same time, she is programmed to protect these. And maybe now, over 5,000 years or how many years it's been, uh, she's grown to love these Cleons too, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I really would love to see an origin story uh, of her, like a true or, origin story. You know, the the bit that we hear about her in this episode, it's just enough to kind of like maybe understand the motives and, and all of that and, you know, get a grasp of what's going on today. But I mean, she's been captive here for thousands of years and has lived for thousands of years beyond that. 
and yeah. came from Earth. Like there's there's just so much possible like story that you could go into there. I think it would be it would really be an interesting spinoff. I I, I would definitely want to watch it. Yeah, I think we're pretty heavily invested in the Foundation universe at this point. But mm-hmm. what do you think happens to Rue and Dust? Because as they're getting this story being told to them, like Demerzel would tell uh, Cleon, the first stories, mm-hmm. they are being, um, they're imprisoned here. Yeah. By the way, interesting point that Demerzel comes, robots come from Earth. So Earth exists in this in this galaxy, whether it has been destroyed or not, who knows? But it, it have, obviously, it could not have been if he got what he found from that box he gives her that's on her nightstand, her mm-hmm. night table. Yeah, um, it's from Earth. <laughs> By the way, did you notice? And this is like a side thing because we're going to talk about Ignis because Ignis sort of looks like Earth if you look at the colors of it. I did notice that from like if if you're zoomed out it kind of it kind of looks like earth from outer space but I don't I don't know if it is or did not. Did you notice did you notice the sand over Gale's head moving to the to the like the sonic patterns? It reminded mm-hmm. me of Invasion with the aliens. Yeah. Which the way, by the way, yep. if you're not watching Invasion, we're doing a midweek series of Invasion on Apple TV. We think if you like this show, you'll probably get into Invasion too, so maybe give it a shot with us we're doing a, a weekly episode on that as we go through season two and the fun part is you have all of our season one coverage and you have all of season one that you can binge watch so mm-hmm. all right back to the show here i i did want to kind of respond to what you started to bring up which is what is going to happen to dusk and real um my my feeling is that that is where demerzel is being called back to Agreed. and i i think that what we might end up seeing is Demerzel being set free by Dusk and or Rue. I, I don't know that she's just going to go there and assassinate okay, them sol- immediately. That's a solid bet option, Zach. Okay. So write bro, let's down. write it down. We'll take that as a bet. I think that Demerzel kills Dusk okay. next episode <laughs> and, uh, and Rue. And like the story of the concubine who gets her memories wiped. Uh, maybe it's time to get her memory wiped and send her ass back to the concubine garden. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I don't think they're leaving that prison. We will see. I, I, like, I like the bet. I'm, I'm curious to, to find out next week. Yeah. And I think yours might be stronger, but I'll take the opposite okay. on this. I think yours is... I think it's, that would be a really interesting storyline, but I just can't see Demerzel. It would be... Hmm. The thing is that Dusk and Rue see Demerzel as a threat now. <clears throat> yes. They were, they were fully planning on leaving this damn room to go wreak havoc with this bit of information. The plan now is probably going to be to eliminate these two, which will send a tailspin because now Sarah's going to lose her advisor mm-hmm. and everyone's going to wonder what the hell happened to Dusk. Right? And the, only, and the only person with the information who's going to have to relay all this information is Demerzel making up her own story, right? Yeah, look, I, I could, I could see a world where both of these happen for sure. Like, I think there definitely would be interesting pieces of the story that come after that. But I, I wonder how long. Again, not having read any of the books, so like, I, I don't know the trajectory of this or anything. But I wonder how long Empire in its current state is still going to exist. Like, how long are we really going to have the the Cleonic dynasty here? Do the Cleons all die next episode, Zach? No. Do any of the Cleons die next episode? 
I would, if one of them dies, I think it's going to be Day, even though he's my favorite Day. <sighs> Something's going to happen next episode that we're not going into season three the way we came into season two. It would be underwhelming to me to come into season three to Day, Dusk, and Dawn again. I think Dusk dies, Day probably, something goes down, man. Maybe Day kills the other two. I think I think it's either Day has to die or Dusk and Dawn have to die. Like that's that's the, the, the kind of balance that I see here because if Dawn is coming back, his brothers are, are conspiring against him, really. Um, like none of them are okay with what's going on between him and Sarah. And there's a lot of motive on, on both sides to eliminate the other party. So I don't know that we're just going to like see Dusk die or anything like that. Also, I feel like Day played his part in this episode. Like to the point where like I don't think there's going to be another significant element from him specifically um, that's going to impact, I, I guess, the math. Really, like I, I feel not, like this may have been the, his big shining moment. This is what his life was coming up to. Now it's happened. He's he's kind of, maybe he's irrelevant at this point. Oh, so I, he I, I beg to differ. I think if he doesn't die, he's gotten a taste. Uh, he's gotten a taste for world destroying, and he seems to like it, man. So yeah. we'll see what occurs. It's hard to. I wonder what the Prime Radiance role is going to be. And it seems that Harry knew that he was going to destroy the planet, and that's why he gives him the Prime Radiant. Um, that would be the reason to me, but I don't know. Interesting symbols on screen reminds me of the, Thes the Thespians and Anacreans, the <laughs> arrow and the and the eye. Anyways, yeah. um, Harry, that vault. I find it hard to believe that he dies on that planet. I, I don't know, but then again, why give up the radiant to your number one enemy? Because it's a device that you can use to spy. Is that more useful than having it? I think you, okay, so I was going to say, I think he knows everything. He knows the math. He's seen the predictions. He's run the calculations. It's embedded in his mm -hmm. knowledge. I was going to say brain, but remember, he's, he's like an AI computer at this point. Um, but things can change, and then the prime radiant takes in math and then, he, you know, kind of updates really, its model. So In that situation where he's talking today, and we'll talk about that later in the episode, but he's really petitioning Demerzel. Mm -hmm. you know, in many ways, but all right, let's continue here with Ignis. Gail's being fed up to Telen Bond, mm -hmm. who is an evil, wicked sorceress, uh, who is trying to incarnate herself into Gail because she's strong. So she just tries to find the strongest um, host to take over because she's perpetually dying. I mean, the body she has now probably isn't her original body, I would assume. Oh, no, it's not. I remember she was didn't they put her into the kid uh, according to her i mean she's been here for hundreds of years or been so, alive for hundreds of years because she said seven if or eight what generations, she said, yeah yeah if what she said is true she was the one planting the the thoughts and ideas into to Ga uh, gail's head on synax like worlds yeah. away yeah if it's true I do wonder, I mean, this whole time we've been calling her creepy, but it's not that body's fault. It's whoever is inside of her, which is a really creepy thought, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Like the maybe, movie Chuck, the movie Chucky. Oh, yeah. How Chucky like embodies a doll and you think about it, you're like. It is a little terrifying. It makes evil. you not want to have dolls Harrison. sitting around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I'm sure the the host that she's in now was was nice at one point. I wonder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, at one point, she was just like Gail on that table. Yeah. Uh, Gail. Speaking of Gail. Hmm. I'm really hoping for a change in Gail's trajectory here as a character because this whole season and last season as well, she's just she's just always a pawn in someone else's game, and I want to see her being able to step out of that and be her own woman. You know. Well. Speaking of, of Gail and I guess being her own woman, I, I have something that might be another bet worthy thing. What? Because I, I found um, th- that whole ceremony to be, to be a little interesting. I think it's possible that there's a small piece of Tellum living inside of Gail. Not her entire consciousness. Voldemort style? Yeah, just a little bit. Right, like and enough to to at times maybe maybe take over her body, and we see some sort of like uh, inner inner conflict. Um, that would suck within Gale. <clears throat> that would suck. I actually would hate that personally to have that be a thing. I don't think that's a, the case. I think the ceremony wasn't finished, but yeah, but but remember, even though it wasn't finished, you know, Gale was kind of like in a trance for a bit. She had to get smacked out of it, which makes me think like they're. they're there could still be something in there when she got cut off, cut cut away from the uh, the sands. I think the only thing it makes me wonder is how much how much of like mystical stuff exists in this universe. You're telling me that it's possible within this foundation universe to do a reincarnation ceremony where you can take over somebody's body without any technology or anything like that. You're just doing it through straight up like magic, really. You know. Mm-hmm. So, what other supernatural forces are at work in this universe that we haven't seen yet? You know, I think there's a, it's a major thing there. But yeah. Anyway, Salvor rushes in, uh, has an epic rescue attempt with the nullifying discs that she throws everywhere, and you get to finally kind of laugh and at the at the dismay and despair everybody's suffering from these discs because they're all just these little annoying cult members. You know, no, mm. none of them none of them step up even to defend Tellum's cause. Nope. Nor to do what's right and try to save Gale. And I'm assuming they're all brainwashed by Tellum, but you would think that in that moment they would gain some clarity with the discs or something like that. But maybe, maybe they were still kind of, you know, under Tellum's spell, if you will. And I wonder what happens to them after her head is bashed in. That's what I'm wondering. Like maybe maybe we'll see like everybody wakes up. It's like, you know, watching watching one of those Yeah. One of those movies where everybody's just sleeping, you know, you're you're, oh, wait, you're so haunted. Like, oh, where am I? What How did I get I, here? I remember being in a shed and it <laughs> locked me in there for having metallic powers. Why, somebody cut my throat and I was why, drowning a little while ago. Why am I wearing all white? Why is everyone wearing all white? <laughs> What's going on? Why are these Moloch screaming? Yeah. Uh, to Bell and Belrios and Mallow, over Mallow. Mm-hmm. Terminus is busy being enclosed by the Imperial Armada. Uh, Bell is already in position to pretty much stake out what's going on here. Uh, Day has his Darth Vader entry to the ship. Uh, you know, Empire's on board, you know? Yeah. So you kind of have that Darth Vader moment for Day, although he's in a much less uh, intimidating outfit. There's some, something about a glittering golden shawl. <laughs> that doesn't really scream, uh, I'm great in battle. It just screams uh, rock star. Yeah, it screams eccentric 1960s <laughs> rock star. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
There was at least, uh, I don't know how, I lost count how many moments they should have been killed in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, w- what's the worst? I mean, you're already going to get destroyed. You might as well just kill this guy. You know, he's made a huge strategic error. If this was Game of Thrones and the king decided to walk down to the planet with five bodyguards, mm-hmm. <laughs> they would have been killed immediately. Immediately. <laughs> Like, it would have been something that when he takes off his shawl, he would have been given the Jaeger Warden treatment. I was actually shocked that he didn't die on the planet, to be honest with you. I was really surprised that he didn't die. I, I was, look, I mean, again, I was expecting to see a bit more of a war or of a battle. Think, think, like, this think was about just it, Zach. Think about it. If Harry was pathetic. cool with the planet going down, yeah, okay, why not just kill they here? I mean, yes, I know another day is going to be decanted and brought up, but give yourself a little bit more time. I also think that there was a possibility here that if you kill Day, maybe Bell turns on everybody and goes buck wild rogue, you know? And look, maybe maybe there is still a chance that Bell does turn on Day. Oh, I, mean, I think it's too late, man. He just killed his lover. That's killed that's Layla. my point. That's that's why I would I would <sighs> see Bell turning on Day. Like like that's that was my whole point that I made earlier. Like I think Glaywin's gonna die, which we find out he did. And I think that's gonna kind of unleash Bell. It may may not it happen was Bell's decision. right away. It was Bell's decision. It it come on. It was a forced decision, dude. He's on the deck. Okay, he, he could have caused a mutiny right there and killed Day. Demerzel's already gone. Okay. Listen, man. The, he was petrified of Bell Rios at the start of the season of being able to turn the Armada against Trantor. Okay. Hmm. I'm sorry, but at a certain point, just throw in your chips with the oppo- with the opposition and see what happens. You know, he, this guy just f- put a planet, crashed the ship into a planet that killed I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people, probably. Okay? Yeah, I would imagine it's quite a bit. Yeah. So you're telling me that's the best alternative? He can do the same exact thing to any planet if he wants, and you're the one pulling the trigger. So Bell is ultimately the one at fault here. I still think there's a chance where where he turns. Like I, I still I stand by I my, agree, my but... perspective of look. Regardless of how Glaywin died, um, I think that that's going to sever like this. Um, what what what's the word I'm looking for? I think it's just going to sever this. Re- respect is not the right word, but commitment that he has with empire like i I think that's the start of the change that that i think we we're expecting to see from bell i just think that this would have been the strategic time to take that to make that choice right here where the whole empire is on their back foot okay demerzel's off the ship so she can't kill everybody in the and the damn crew. <laughs> um, this would have been the time to do it. You have the entire armada. The thing to do here would have been you kill Day, you send a message down to Shermack and saying, hey, this is Bell Rios, general of the Imperial Armada. We are on your side. Uh, kill this effort. Okay? We're heading back to Trantor to take over the palace in a, in a violent takeover. And then you pretty much put, everybody, put all your pieces in play, man. So... And then you send out an airwave message to everybody in the universe saying, you know, Bell takes over as emperor, you know, and he comes, comes on the radio and he says, listen, um, I am a temporary emperor and uh, 
this is the peaceful transition of power from the Cleons, and we're getting shit in order here, and that's it. In the spirit of making this a, a betting episode. They could have just went, flown back to Trantor and blown up the palace. Yeah. And there goes all the possibility of being able to decant any more Cleons. Do you think there's a possibility here where um, Hober Mallow takes over the Armada? No, he's not a he's not a leader like he's not a a fighter like that. But what if, what if, what if what if he hijacks a ship and uh, he, can, you, he definitely has that. to? He's not dying, that's for sure. I mean, technically, him and Brother Constant both should be killed. I don't understand. The only thing keeping him alive is is the script at this point because yeah, they should have you know, killed him immediately, I, or at the very least, been torturing Brother Constant to you know punish Hober. Like that's that's in Day's character, which is not out of the question. Still, could potentially happen. Mm-hmm. Um, question is whether they escape before then or not is the real question. Yeah. So, well, he did let's just go to destroy. A, he just did destroy a planet, so maybe he has to do some political move and saying. In my graciousness, I have spared the one for him to live, knowing that his actions, <laughs> just think about it, Hober's actions caused this planet to be destroyed. Think about it. It's like, uh, it's like watching the, uh, the Thespian and, and Anacreans just being forced yeah. to, to watch their planets die. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Uh, Polly has his little, I didn't understand this whole scene in the church with the iron to gold thing. Uh, I thought that he was going to discover the fact that they were creating Opelisk. Mm. So there goes their whole synthesizing Opelisk operation on Terminus. Uh, there there goes their entire operation of everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, so much for that. Uh, pretty much the foundation has been given just like there's been a substitute teacher. This Harry Selden is the substitute teacher. Mm. He wheeled in the TV into the mm-hmm. class and said, um, yep, well, we're watching a movie today. Because this foundation went down. They just did all this busy work for 150 years. And just for it to end like this. And we get this really, I don't understand this scene with the iron to gold thing. This long drawn, I think, Cermak looks nervous and inspired the whole time. Yeah, that part of it confused me quite a bit. I, I thought it was more of just, I mean, <clears throat> Polly trying to put on a magic show, right? To distract do, do, do what actually was there. Yeah, but... <laughs> Which was the personal know. auras. I know they find the personal auras. But it felt like in Glorious Bastards when they're when they're hiding the fact that they're hiding Jewish people in this in the thing and he's trying yeah. to distract, he's having a glass of milk, but he knows what's there. <laughs> like the whole time, Day knows that something is here. Yeah. So he's just watching this whole show, but he knows that something's up in this factory. Well, yeah. But I mean, when, the reveal when you, when you was call not your church. No, the, the reveal was not interesting at all. It's just I tripped over a box of bracelets. Yeah. Um yeah. You know what this, all this foundation reminds me of, have you ever played the video game Sim, Civ, Civilization? Uh, my brother has, I've watched it a little bit. Okay, well, like if you ever play a game where you're doing like a society building game where you're managing society, mm-hmm. Foundation 1 is the society that thought that they were always going to be in peacetime and so they invested everything in science and culture, <laughs> but they made no investment in military. And so, out of nowhere, some guy who has invested nothing in science and culture <laughs> comes in and takes over your country in two seconds. Yeah. And you're just watching your whole country bit by bit get destroyed by the one character who's just taken over the world, you know? Because <laughs> they're pretty much making up for it. Like, they're going to just take your science and culture and integrate yeah. it into their society, you know? Yeah. 
Um, kind of stupid for Data to destroy this whole planet the way he did and not take the technology that was here. But I you, agree. You only hope that some of this foundation innovation made it off planet because from what I can see, I don't think Earth survives uh, Invictus spinning into it. I doubt Terminus is surviving that sort of thing. Hopefully, yeah. some people made it off. I wouldn't be looking up at the sky. I'd be trying to get into an escape ship. You know, um, <laughs> that's what I would be trying to do. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if it's realistic that anybody would make it off. I mean, if, if you're creating a black hole, like trying, you, you've got to get off the ship before it crashes into the the planet. I'm sorry, you got to get off the planet before the ship crashes into it, and then you got to fight the gravity of that hole. I like, I love Days Lion when he says to Cermak, "This is not a war." What does he say? Can you rewind that 15 seconds? Mm-hmm. One more. These are my terms. This is not a war. It's police action. This is, that's <laughs> such a good line. Day gets all the good lines, man. The guy who writes the show, the whole writer's room has to love writing for Day. They can bring out all their worst impulses yeah. <laughs> and just give it to day and there's nothing we can do about it because yeah. he will kill everybody that knows you yeah yeah all right let's talk about uh let's go back to ignis here and the rescue attempt talk about gail and salvor just stopping in front of the beggar for about two minutes to talk while the whole <laughs> yeah hey here's the prime radiant. hey to look hey, at this it's look, like you've look, never seen it before go. Go on, I'll, I'll hold them off. At this point, you're assuming the whole, you know, white cult army is going to come after them, right? Yeah. Um, and they just stop and she stops 50 yards away from the ship. Why? You, you think you with that little gun is going to be able to stop 50 people charging at you with metallic powers? Like, yeah. get your ass on the ship. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they held on that like scene for too long for me where- I agree. The, where they were, just they were like, fighting for 20 look minutes. Look at this. Well, there's that too. That was just- I, I can't accept that. That was just bad. Um, but I was half expecting like uh, what we saw as Gail to be Tellum or something for a minute, just like disguising herself as Gail because, she, you know, Salvo was just sitting there holding the Prime Radiant like, for like I did, 30 I seconds. Thought Tellum, I didn't actually think Tellum was there um, when she says, we know this terrain. I'm like, I'm sorry, old lady. I, I didn't think you could traverse this terrain, you know, the way you did. But are you floating like the mule? I was just going to say, maybe she's like, she just like flies like Iron Man, put yeah. palms to the ground and just floats. Yeah, the mule does that, you know? Yeah. Um, Hugo's alive for a few moments here in this fight scene. And then he's not, and then he is, <laughs> then, and then he's, he's not, not, and then he is, and then he's not. And, and if he's captaining the Invictus like someone emailed, uh, he ain't alive there either. So, no. only hope for Hugo is that he went back to his home planet and put himself in a cryopod for 150 years. Yeah. So he would have had to have retired from his position to do that. Sheesh, man. Sheesh. All right. So Salvor fights Loran for about 20 minutes. Gale fights off these evil attacks from Tellum, um, who wants to show her her pain, but it backfires because the vision of the mule is so terrifying that it snaps even Tellum out of her um, trance or power here, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, Can we make any little... sense of the planet they're on, by the way? Uh, no, all I see is rubble everywhere. I mean, maybe it's Trantor. Like, maybe you're down on the bottom. Like, not like near, not near the scar, but you just, you know what I mean? Like, on the surface, and you're not near the actual um, castle or whatever we want to call it thing. 
Yeah, yeah. How'd Day you like, in the uh, vault. Huh? Sorry, I was just going to say, how'd you like Gale getting thrown around like a ragdoll for like 15 minutes? I always find it interesting how people are just getting thrown around like ragdolls into metal objects and they bounce back from it like nothing. Yeah. I've fallen on a couch. That can hurt too. <laughs> You've fallen <laughs> on a couch? <laughs> All right. Let's go to Day. Uh, Day continues his uh, bombastic entrance into Terminus, and he decides he's going to take off all his armor and his personal aura to go see a hologram that could easily kill him in this moment, but instead decides to take the moment to have one last opportunity to talk peace with um, Day and mm -hmm. Demerzel. And it does seem the conversation affected Demerzel because she does what we've never seen, which is she leaves Empire's side and tells him off in not so light of a way, but this is really Day's victory lap. He's here to wreck havoc. He's never he peace was never on the on the menu here. This is mm -hmm. always about destroying this planet. So he does it and he walks away with the Prime Radiant, which we can only hope leads to some sort of uh, fly-on-the-wall spy device for the other Harry. Yeah, I would imagine that would be the case. And, you know, may maybe that's why Harry dies here uh, on this planet. Yeah, it, yeah, It's possible, though I do think it's possible that, that he's alive just because this, this vault is pretty impressive. It seems pretty indestructible. Seems like it could fly away at any moment, you know? Yeah, that or teleport somewhere or just, mm. I don't know. It, it, it seems rather strong. That vault looks like the most expensive thing in the galaxy. Yeah, I'd imagine you need a lot of money to have that thing put together. Upload yeah. your consciousness. I would love to know who helped them build this thing, you know? Um, it is supposedly made from his body. So... All right. Meanwhile, in space, Bell sends out his fighter ships, which includes Glaywin. Um, Glaywin is successful in destroying the Invictus with a couple of firing shots. Seems the Invictus uh, <laughs> goes down pretty easy. Yep. Uh, I was really, I was laughing at my screen when I saw the Invictus Command Center. You had this rookie captain and you had this, you know, Sorcy <laughs> Ronan looking character. Yeah, I think that that's how you pronounce her name. Like this chick has never seen battle, much less like she she hasn't she maybe hasn't seen a verbal argument in her life. Uh, they're helpless. <laughs> they're literally helpless in this command. This command center is useless. Yeah, it would have been more useful for them to fly into the armada and jump. That would have yeah. probably been like use it as a giant kamikaze uh, attack. And just jump the entire armada to a different galaxy. It would make a lot of sense. And it wouldn't be the first time that we've seen them do that. Yeah, and you're stranding day on the surface, you know? Yeah. So. You know, I, when, when, I, when I found out that um, Glaywin was about to get into the, the ship to take off and go fly, I was like, yes, I was right. He's going to die. Oh, you're just because you want to be right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do want to be right. But, you know, the, the interesting thing that at least I... I kind of thought when I was watching this whole fight scene, dog fight in outer space, whatever we want to call this, um, when Glaywin and his team is like strapping in and they're about to take off and, you know, go, go into this fight. 
I'll, I'll do another Star Wars comparison. Glaywin and crew looks a lot more like the rebels in Star Wars, and Terminus looks a lot more like Empire. <laughs> like the Empire, I should say, with the Death Star and with these, you know, darker uniforms. Um, True. I thought it, I thought it was interesting. I, I don't, I don't think, I don't know that there's anything to read into there, but I did think that the imagery was at least interesting to me that it feels like the, the, the personas are really switched here. I think it's not so certain of what the best scenario is for the galaxy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry Bell, knows. Who Bell, will tell us? Bell, let me tell you, he really believes that Empire is what's best for galaxy because he literally um, destroys a ship and kills his husband with that mm-hmm. sort of uh, thinking. So he truly believes what he said to Glaywin. I, I was shocked. In my notes, I did not have that happening. I literally wrote, we thought it was Glaywin who dies, but it'll be Bell or Day. And then I was like, okay, no, he opens fire on the Invictus. I was absolutely flabbergasted that that yeah. occurred. Then again, yeah. we don't know what happens directly after that moment. We only see Day in revelry with the orange glowing light as he looks at the demise of Terminus in the distance. Very epic shot, by the way. Like, is that, that's one of like the most iconic moments from this entire season, I, I feel. It's my yeah, favorite. I'm it's sure my Lee, favorite thing on screen. I'm sure Lee Pace loves that. It turns out Day never actually saw a battle. We thought Day was going to be like a warrior in this season from the trailer. Yeah. I mean, he ain't fighting at all. So, no. this was just the only, the closest thing he had to a fight was running uh, away from Becky. That and... I mean, oh, running yeah, around butt naked at the, the assassination beginning of the attempt. Yeah, 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 that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. All right, Demerzel and Bell. I mean, Demerzel and uh, Day. Uh, she confesses about the whole physical contact situation. Pretty much gives up on Day in this episode and says, "Go do what you're gonna go do. We already mm-hmm. know what you're gonna do. Go do it." And uh, she seems to be defiant against this because she doesn't stand by his side. So that means she disagrees with the action. Yeah. Bell brings down the Invictus on the planet. And we literally see the end of the first foundation. And the, uh, we really don't know what's going to happen next. I mean, the Prime Radiant is with Day now, but uh, that lead takes us to the end of the episode of um, at least what in regards to Terminus. And then on Ignis, Salvor successfully kills Laron after fighting him for half the episode. Harry shows up. Apparently, he has survived to the title pool. We don't have an explanation as to how. And he beats Tellum's head in. The way Ryan Gosling stomped on some dude's head in the movie Drive in an elevator. Uh, <laughs> so we see that violent side of Harry again when they try to harm his loved ones. Yeah. Similar to what he did to that um, ambassador of the Empire when she was responsible for his wife's death. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised Harry's here. He's definitely been in that pool. Look at his clothes. He does, he does look... So I win, second I'm watch, win that. Looks, I'm gonna win that bet that we put. Looks very muddy and and wet. That was a bet we had, right? Uh, I do believe so. Episode. Yeah, yeah. It was is Harry? Is this version of Harry that we see a Harry that was in the tide pool? Yes. Or a Harry that was never in the tide pool? So definitely in the tide pool. That'll definitely. make it interesting. And I, I've written uh, four things down or three things down in this episode that I I think we could uh All right. we could bet on. That about sums up the episode recap. Let's get into the wagers, Zach. All right. So the wagers that we currently have going on is the one that we just mentioned. So is the Harry that we see at the end of this episode, the Harry that was in the tide pool, or is it, 
a Harry that's not. And I'm I'm on the vote that it's a Harry that was not in the tide pool. I don't know how. I don't know if somebody was was tricking Tellum if Harry has some powers that that, that we never knew about or not. But that's going to be my my vote, and I think that that is a very risky vote. But I'm going to take one. We we got to start somewhere, right? In addition to that, I think that Demerzel gets set free by Dusk and Rue, and you think that Demerzel kills Dusk and Rue. Yeah. I think that a part of Tellum is still in Gale. I think the story will be that Dusk ran off with Rue romantically and it would it would make for a good story and they got a lot of footage to to back that up mm-hmm. um i i think a part of Tellum is still in gale you don't uh, i do not yeah and then i think day dies and you i think you had said you think dusk dies i truly have no idea so i'm gonna be talking out of my butt here yeah i, I threw out a risky bet <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't even like I don't even know what I would vote on here. How about I give you dusk or dawn dies and I say day dies because I think those are the two the two sides here. Who's doing the killing? Is that, is my question. I'm not I'm not getting into that. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think Demerzel kills dusk. Well, that's fine. I mean, look, hey, if and I think you they, you've, you've got one bet on here, by the way, that it, if if it's true, you win two at once, right? So things are stacked oh, in your favor. Yeah, because I remember I said that I think Dusk and Rue set Demerzel free. You said you think Demerzel kills Dusk and Rue. Okay, so, so if I that happens, you yeah. win the other one by default. Um, I just think Day's gonna be so. I I don't think Day dies next episode. I don't see it. First and foremost, Lee is the star of this damn show. He's the star, but remember, Don will grow into Lee. Well, not Lee. He'll grow into Day. <laughs> he will grow into Lee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. We have a hurricane out in the Atlantic right now called Hurricane Lee. Oh, really? And, and you, as you see the Invictus crashing into the planet, it looked like a hurricane. It's like <laughs> Hurricane Lee on Terminus. Oh, boy. Anyways, um, shit, man. I don't, see, I don't see Day dying. I don't. I... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'm gonna just say dusk for now. I don't, I don't see day dying. Well, that that's why I'm the one betting that day's dying. I'm not even sure Don dies, but I don't know. I'm, I'm really because remember, Don Sarah is pregnant. Does Day find out that Sarah's pregnant next episode? Mm, if if he does, then Don dies. And Sarah does. I feel like I feel like it's too many. It's we have we killers. we have we have to tie up that loose end somehow, right? Like I would imagine that they find out that that she's pregnant. Well, she has to have sex with Day immediately when he comes back in order yeah. to cover that up. Which will be interesting. It'll be so. I does want, the marriage take be place? Amateurish in bed. That that's a wager. Does the marriage happen? Yeah. Yes or no? No. You say no. I kind of agree with you. I can't vote. I can't say yes. Okay. Mario agrees. Okay. I, th- I think she goes back to the uh, to the planet of Cloud Dominion or 
I don't know. I don't know what happened. Man, it's it's good and bad at the same time. From a wager perspective, it's bad. But from a show perspective of not knowing what's going to happen, it's very interesting. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up the the bets. Let's talk about where the characters are heading now. Okay. Uh, you figure Salvor, Harry, and Gale are now going to head off planet and get the hell off this planet now, possibly. But Telem is dead. So maybe they don't. Maybe Gale goes to talk to these people one more time because they do need them. Uh, and she does have a metallic army in the future. Mm-hmm. Day is probably more isolated than ever. He's probably against Demerzel and against his own brothers. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now he's got a taste for violence and seems to enjoy it. Uh, Terminus is gone. Hober and Constant are enemy or uh, prisoners, and possibly going to head to the gallows together. Yeah, Mallow's heading to the gallows. Uh, Bell is going to be devastated, and perhaps the true catalyst of I think Bell is directly in control of what happens to Hober. And if he decides to, I think I think Bell releases Hober and helps his escape. If you want to make that a wager too, so. I think Bell helps him escape, and the reason he does is because he sees that they love each other, and he thinks about how he killed his the person he loves. I I, I can't bet against that because because my opinion was that Bell turns on Empire, and I I think that is that think- is a betrayal of Empire. I don't. I'm not saying Bell turns around and cuts Empire's throat or something. Oh, okay. You're just saying in that I'm moment saying that, he, he that works Bell would yeah. would turn against Empire after. Glaywen is now dead. Yeah. Well, so. the interesting thing now is the only thing stopping. Eh, no, Bell's a he's a servant of the galaxy mm-hmm. for the most part. So it wasn't just Glaywen that he's serving. So it's, it's it'll be interesting. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, let's get some, to some emails that we have here on the mailbag, and um, wrap up this deep dive. Give me a second here. Zach, let's do some, do ban- do some banter. Well, while you pull up those emails, let's get into a few of the categories that we typically do. Okay. Um, I, I already revealed my, my favorite line of the episode in our last recording, but what's your favorite line of the episode? Uh, I got a couple. One of them is... I have a couple. They're all day. I have... Yeah. We paid for an Encyclopedia Galacta. A Galactica, and I'd like to see it. <laughs> he goes, your church is an armory, and your religion is a cult. Or I think it's the that's other way my, around. No, that's the way. That That's my favorite. And then he says, this isn't a war. This is a police action. That was great. Demersel has a good one, too. He says, you're a sperm waving its <laughs> flagellum. And thinking every wave of its flagellum, flagellum is, uh, is an act of genius. Uh, amazing like amazing favorite character hmm. uh day okay i think day for sure okay i can't give it to cleon the first um, i loved it i literally said bro like at the end of the episode i said i was laughing i said awesome ending <laughs> just awesome ending <laughs> Uh, let's see, man. It's 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 hard to top day in this one. Like this is this is there were so many like epic moments in this episode. 
a lot of it was shown in the trailers. I, I, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with day. I'm going to cop out. Uh, favorite scene. My favorite scene, I'll, I'll just say right now, is I don't even know if I'd call it a, a, a whole scene. is a specific moment, a specific shot, and it's just the iconic shot of uh, Day looking in awe at the destruction of Terminus. Uh, my favorite scene was probably the whole flashback of, of what happened with Demerzel. Probably my favorite scene. Okay. First email from Sharon. I was waiting on your podcast for the latest Foundation episode. I was able to listen to it using the website like in your show description. Uh, okay, this is about the takedown issues. Uh, yeah, okay, so latest on the takedown issues. I don't think I brought it up in this episode. We are fully reinstated back on Spotify, although they're trying to be sneaky. They have one more episode they need to reinstate for us. Mm. Uh, YouTube, we should be, be we should be back, but they move at the pace of a geriatric slug to resolve things. <laughs> Apple's moving faster than they are. Um what can I say? We got that request two days ago that, that Apple retracted their thing with YouTube. So we'll be back on YouTube, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify. We're already back. <clears throat> uh, we're posting on IG now and we're posting on Twitter. Twitter gave us no issues at all. So uh, follow us on Twitter because if this ever happens again, we're working on ways to become more independent from these platforms. Okay, next mm -hmm. email from Ruma. Hi guys, love listening to your podcast. Wondered if you ever listen to the official Foundation podcast because sometimes when you're talking about a location or what's going on, the David Goyer will explain or answer those questions. Um, for instance, when you were wondering about the building, Bell and Glaywin meet the man reporting about the galactic religion. David Goyer talks about the architect and the building that they use that are from the same architect. He also commented on time frame, from, time frame for Savor telling Harry about Hope or Mallow. It's interesting listening to all the podcasts and predictions everyone is saying and how many of the same things are written into show into the show for some reason. Thanks and keep up the great work. Uh, I actually don't listen to the podcast too much <clears throat> from them simply because um, I want to be original in, mm. in the way we approach the show and not take too much from them. If we get anything, we usually get it from you guys emailing us about it or looking into it ourselves, some of these things, but um, I'm not opposed to it, but you know, I've listened or, to a couple episodes, but we're, we're usually just a couple. Too, we're usually so busy recording, yeah, the, the content that we don't have time to like just listen to the others, you know, in that sense. But I'm not opposed to it. Maybe we do it in the future. But all right, from Al, still Hugo Hopium. There's shots from the official trailer of the Invictus that haven't appeared in season two. This is from last week. This is why I'm reading it to make fun of Al a little bit here. <laughs> Hugo was left as the captain of the Invictus. And then he puts a bunch of emojis, like crossing his fingers. <laughs> well, uh, I'm with you on the Hugo Hopium Club. Uh, I think he still could be alive. But your theories about the Invictus, if he is truly on the Invictus, he is dead as a doorknob. Yeah. So I don't think he's alive, regardless of the Invictus. Do we make that a bet? I say Hugo's alive. You say he's dead? You still say Hugo's alive. I say he's dead. I will, okay. I will take that bet because I need... A sure win in my back pocket right okay. now. All right. I think he's alive. Uh, this one is from Jareb. Uh, okay. Also on the foundation front, it seems Demerzel is subtly provoking Day into catastrophe, so the Cleon blood is gone and she's no longer bound to protect them. At least that's what it feels like after that flashback slash opening of the episode. Gotta imagine she still feels like she has no freedom, but sheesh, what an episode. And what a psycho day is. R.I.P. Polly, Cermak, and Terminus. Have a good weekend, guys. As always, keep up the great work. 
got some bad news for your invasion thing. It seems like I might be winning a, a wager over there uh, pretty soon, according hey, we'll, to that email. We'll, we'll see. I mean, you never know. Maybe he was just going to talk to the blob yeah, like Mitsuki. I, I got to agree. Day is a psychopath, uh, although he does have reasons for everything he's doing. He does want to buck psycho history. Who knows? Maybe it'll work. He just mm. des- did destroy the entire foundation. From Olivia. I like the name Olivia. Yeah. Hi. Live here. I'm laughing because I'm currently watching the newest episode and how you thought there wouldn't be a detailed flashback as it has happened. <laughs> you got me there. Yeah. Anyways, I'm an avid listener of the show and a big fan. I'm based out of Denver, Colorado and look forward to y'all's post uh, as my lunch break walk fuel. Something I've been thinking about the past few episodes. Demerzel's motives. I only bring the topic up because of her Apple cameo slash preview. I'm not sure if you missed it. But it's under the character spotlight tab on Apple. Okay, okay. I don't want to read that bit because it might be a spoiler. This little clip has been out the entire season. Not super enlightening, but something to notice. I have always been under the impression that Demerzel is, under, is in control. To what means, I'm not sure. Anyways, I love y'all's podcast. <laughs> Thank you for the support. She writes, uh... <laughs> I'm not going to say what she writes there because we're still trying to get reinstated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And if it means anything, I've been telling my friends to send in Apple complaints. Thank you for that. That really, truly does help. Yeah, I appreciate it. At the end of the day, we want to work with Apple, not against them. They make great shows. Uh, What they did to us, in my opinion, was uncalled for. I will continue to say that because, you know, you say what's right. Uh, But we're promoting their shows. We're not doing it to be a propaganda bag. We only talk about the shows we like from Apple. We don't talk about all their shows. Um, But... Yeah, they make great stuff. We would rather work with Empire than against Empire. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> anyways, thank you, Liv, and hope you're doing well. Okay, from Ryan. I think we got two from Ryan here. We got two. Ryan has like his thoughts in back to back. You can tell he's like in a constant train of thought because he'll send like this. He writes emails the way I send text messages. I don't send long text messages. Oh man, I, I hate sent, when you do that. I yeah. sent eight different text messages. That's never yeah. changing. It's just never going to change. I, I'll, I'll, my phone will ding once and I'm like, oh, I got <laughs> a text message. Then it'll ding again. And I'm like, this is Mario. And then it'll ding 10 more times. I'm like, son of a... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's Ryan. He has some interesting ones here. Subject line. What was that flash? Spoiler if you haven't watched it yet, but I don't know that you have. By the way, guys, I will say your last name on the show if you want. Usually, I'm I'm just saying first names, but some people have said, please don't say my last name. So, um, if you want me to say your last name, I'll fully read out your full name and where you're from. So, uh, watch the end where Polly supposedly dies. As the, Can we pull that up again, Zach? Watch yeah. the end where Polly supposedly dies as the Invictus crashes and destroys Terminus. Right before he's engulfed in the wave of destruction, there's a very bright white flash on the far right side of the screen. It's out of place with the rest of the destruction. Is he saved by Harry somehow? Seriously, go watch it again. Okay, right there. Okay, leave it, leave it. Can you move the mouse? Yeah, mouse is moved. That white flash. You saw that white flash? Oh! He's still there. Yeah, but they don't show the vault. They show behind him. Rewind that. Yeah, we don't see. I did see a flash. The vault dipped. The vault's not there, and he closes his eyes. Yeah. He closes his eyes, right? Does he close his eyes? I believe he closes. Yeah, I mean, they look closed. There's a white flash. It goes across the whole screen, though, Ryan. The vault is gone. That flash has to mean the vault is gone. 
I would have imagined so, because there was no other impact prior to that, and it didn't look like it originated from the singularity. That's such a good catch by Ryan there. The vault is gone. Harry don't give a damn. You know, they say honey badger don't give a... Yeah. <laughs> Harry doesn't give a damn about who died here. Harry is the honey badger. Yeah. Harry the honey badger. All right, next one from Ryan. Damn, is the subject line. Love it. Is there anything better than penultimate episodes? The answer is no. That episode was fire, fire, fire emoji. Can't wait to hear you guys, your guys' thoughts this week. I honestly don't even know what to expect next week. You're in line Same. with us if you listen to this episode. I hope the writer strike ends soon because I'm getting really worried that we're going to get an absolute cliff, insane cliffhanger, and then we'll be waiting at least three years or more because of it. Penultimate episodes, man. That episode requires that you add the foundation theme music back to the podcast. Well, you're in luck. We did. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I agree, Ryan. Actually... He echoed my same thoughts in this episode. Yeah. And that concludes the mailbag for this week. Nice. A deep dive and a mailbag. It's been a while since we've done that, but yep. I love it. Yep, 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 yep. All right. Um, let's wrap this up. Thank you all for tuning in. We hope you're enjoying our foundation coverage. A bit of a longer episode this week, but this was a crazy episode. And uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We also hope you're tuning in on Wednesdays with us for our invasion series that we do. Uh, we're covering that show it's about an alien invasion and human humanity's fight against them it's just getting good now episode three was actually really good and we're looking forward to that continuing we're also going to be diving potentially into changeling starring lakeith stanfield uh that's been rumored and it looks like a really spooky show i want a spooky show for october i'm feeling very festive this year yeah um and i'm watching drops of god on apple tv if you want a great show to watch i'm on episode four and uh, it's fantastic so far. Like, this is, damn good. This is the one that's kind of related to the Band of Brothers storyline, is that right? No, not at all. But thank no. you for putting that out there. Um, it is not related to that at all. Darn. And uh, it's actually related to a manga of the same title. And it's about a girl who has a bad relationship with her father. After he passes away, she finds herself in line to inherit his private wine collection which is the most valuable in the world but <laughs> not so fast because she has to take a competition or a test against someone else in order to inherit it it's fantastic i'm gonna have to watch it yeah it's good all right let's wrap it up zach to your outro sir well thank you for listening to this episode of foundation by story archives you can find this podcast almost anywhere you can find podcasts apple spotify google podcasts most other podcast platforms as well we're not back on youtube yet but we hope to be there soon you can visit our website at soapbox.house email us at contact.soapbox.house and we do have a couple links in the description below one to sign up for our newsletter and another to fill out a survey while we are collecting information in an effort to build the empire until next time, please respect and enjoy the peace.